1025 It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Could John Kennedy be set to stay at Celtic with the imminent arrival of Brendan Rodgers? Rangers complete the signing of Sam Lammers on a four-year deal and Lewis Ferguson details how life in Italy can help him kick on with Scotland. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Simon Donnelly and once again, there is so much happening, isn't there, Simon? Well, I was worried coming in. Uh, close season, you got me in for an hour's show and I thought, what are we going to talk about? But there's plenty to talk about. Obviously, the the obvious things, the the new Celtic manager. Uh, the last time I was in this studio, I didn't believe Ange Postacoglu would leave. Uh, I was proved wrong. And now we're talking about possibly Brendan Rodgers coming back. So, all to talk about. Yeah, lots to get our teeth into. Of course, if you've got any thoughts on Brendan Rodgers, maybe John Kennedy as well, give us a call on 01419511025. But there is some breaking news coming out of Ibrox as well. Just announced three minutes ago, and that's Rangers signing Sam Lammers on a four-year deal. The Atalanta striker becomes their fourth summer signing after Kieran Dowell, Dujon Sterling and Jack Butland. He's a striker, a Dutch striker who has spent some time out on loan over the last couple of seasons, but it was certainly an area that Michael Beale had to strengthen, wasn't it? Especially with the departure of Alfredo Morelos. <coughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, don't know much about the lad. Uh, Dutch striker. I think Rangers need one or two strikers in that position. Uh, I think he's been round about the house he's without too many goals he's maybe just looking for the perfect platform there was a, a Dutchman that came into Muddle last year and, and couldn't stop scoring so as I say I don't know much about him but yeah Rangers getting their business done quite early Well whatever you want to talk about we're here for you 01419511025 Aberdeen signing Leighton Clarkson on a permanent deal as well I'm sure you're delighted about that Aberdeen fans of course there's that big game against Norway coming up on Saturday and today there was the sad news of the passing of former Scotland defender Gordon McQueen as well at the age of 70 following his battle with dementia maybe you've got some memories some stories you'd like to share about him as well we would love to hear them but that was some some very sad news today it, Simon. it was indeed and, and I don't think I met Gordon over the years but certainly growing up the goal against England, you know, I would only have been about four or five, but it was relayed, or replayed over the, over and over on the TV. Uh, a fantastic career, believe a big character as well. And it's just, yeah, terribly sad news. 70 years of age, I know he'd, he'd been suffering with uh, a couple of illnesses and, yeah, just sad news. Well, as I say, any memories or stories about Gordon McQueen, we'd like to hear them. 01419511025 or any of today's big topics, whether it's Brendan Rodgers, whether it's John Kennedy, Sam Lammers signing for Rangers, maybe you're an Aberdeen fan that's excited at the fact Leighton Clarkson has signed a four-year deal, or maybe you're looking ahead to that game against Norway. Of course, Steve Clark's side up against uh, Norway and Erling Haaland. That's going to be a, a big hope, game on Saturday. I just hope the big man's been celebrating like uh, Jack Grealish <laughs> and, and has still nursing a hangover because he's a real threat. I know he hasn't scored for a little bit. That's probably the worrying thing from a, a Scottish point of view. But we've started this campaign, Andrew, really well. Uh, if you can cut the supply off to him, 
but it's easier said than done. Yeah, the Norway manager has confirmed he will be fit for that game on Saturday. So that's one for us to look forward to. And we will look at that in a bit more detail later on in the show. But we'll go back to that news coming out of Ibrooks because it is the fresh news of the day. It only broke it at six o'clock. Rangers announcing that signing of Sam Lammers and... Rangers certainly needing a striker on paper. One thing that Rangers fans may look at is his goal-scoring record over the last few seasons hasn't been overly impressive. He yeah. went to Atalanta um, after leaving Holland. <clears throat> he only scored a couple of goals for them. He's then had time out on loan at the likes of Eintracht Frankfurt. He's been at Empoli. He's been at Sampdoria. I think it's only a total of six goals in the last three years. Some people it would it point, it though, to the fact that you know he is playing... In Serie A and Bundesliga, yeah. it's a high level he's playing at yeah, and, and, and whether and, he's starting many I'm games not sure. as well. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. You don't know how many games the lads started. It's it's never easy when you're jumping. You can't get any continuity and you've got no consistency at a club. It's difficult to jump from club to club and trying to find form. As I said earlier on, maybe this is the, the perfect platform, platform rather for him to go in and, and show what he can do. Uh, Michael Beale obviously knows a lot about him. It's a four-year contract, did you say? Yep. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's an opportunity. I mean, he's only 25, 26. So this is maybe where he, he kick-starts his career. Yeah, I mean, Michael Beale has said that a lot of his signings, you'll, you'll be able to see the link of why he's brought them in. Certainly the first three signings, Jack Butland, Kieran Dowell, Dujon Sterling have all been players that he's either worked with before or been aware of down in England. This one is a bit more out there because, mm. you know, there's maybe no obvious link there, but he must be a player that, Michael Beale is, is, is tracked for quite a while. Yeah, he's obviously caught his eye. Thinks he can bring something to the Rangers team. And as I say, sometimes you look at the stats and, and, and the goals and stuff and there's maybe another story behind it. You know, the, the lads maybe just not had a lot of game time. Uh, and as I say, this is maybe the opportunity for him to come and settle down. It's a four-year contract, get his, his head on his football uh, and show what he can do. 01419511025. We'd love to hear from you. Billy is a Rangers fan up first in Clyde Bank. Billy, how are you feeling about that signing of Sam Lammers? Yeah, yeah, it's a strange one. I, um, I've, I've not heard of the guy before and um, obviously there's um, But I think he'll do well. I really do because um, a four-year deal, obviously it takes a while to get them you know, to get ready in a team and all the rest of it. But what my point was, and I spoke to your producer, Ross, um, first of all, my condolences to Gordon McQueen's family. Um, I actually met the guy and he was an absolute diamond. It was in Central Station in Glasgow and we spent half an hour talking about Man United and I, I really, um, I'm devastated about Anyway. Um, yeah, well said, Billy. My my point was Rain, uh, Michael Beale has done the exact same as what um, Ange Postecoglou has done in the last couple of years. Get right in there early, get his signings in and all the rest, get them in place, so it's through the pre-season training and all the rest of it. Um, it can get them working as a team. And uh, I just hope that everything goes well. Yeah, Simon, how vital is that for a manager to get bodies in the door early? Because Michael Beale did promise Rangers fans that there would be new faces in training the first day <coughs> of pre-season. There's yeah. already four in the door. There, there may be more to come as well. It certainly helps. And I think I think this is probably Michael Beale's most important transfer window up until now. He's only had one, obviously. But the last one, he was just kind of back in the door, uh, assessing what he had. And then obviously... You know, through time he realises what he thinks he, he wants for the team 
and he brings in one or two there that have done well, Cantwell and the likes. And this is the biggest transfer window for him because it's a new season. You're looking against a, your team across the road that have just taken a, another treble, you know, so the contest is there. Uh, so it's an important one for him. But yeah, I, would, I mean, looking back from my small time in coaching, it's better to get your players in early and get them settled. Uh, that is the ideal situation. Yeah, Billy, how much are you looking forward to next season and seeing, you know, a team in Michael Beale's image because he was only able to bring in two players in January and Todd Cantwell and Nicholas Raskin. A lot of Rangers fans have been impressed with those signings and what they offered in the second half of the season. But when you look going forward, he'll be able to bring in quite a few players in this transfer window. He already has. Are you expecting a, you know, a very different Rangers at the start of next season? And does that excite you? Yeah, that excites me totally, Andrew. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm a season ticket holder. I work an hour every week. Well, every second week, obviously. Um, but I've seen Raskin and Tilman have arrested. And um, I'm looking forward to it because Michael Beale has got a bit about him. I watch him on the touchline and all the rest of it. And he has got the bit about him. He talks to talk. And I just hope he can walk the walk because he's brought in... The other two, as you say, in January, and these other ones, I, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to the season, and I think we can give Celtic a chase. Does that give you confidence when you look at the signings of Cantwell and Raskin? You said you've been impressed with them, even though you don't really know much about Sam Lammers. Do you put your trust in Michael Beale that he's got an eye for a player because you've seen what he's managed to do with those two players? Yeah, because he came out to watch them last three season, said I know who I want in here. And um, he's coming through and he's told us how, what players, you know, many players are coming in and all of this. And he's obviously looked at these guys and he's not just going to sign somebody for the sake of signing them. He shut the Rangers plans up. He knows what they're doing. He, he can accept it. And I really think he knows what's what's happening. Yes, I mean, it's a reported fee of around three to three <clears> and a half million pounds for you if a striker is coming into Rangers for that type of money. Are they are they almost an automatic starter? Just you know, are they being brought in to essentially start every game with that kind yeah, of price not, tag? He's not there for a, to, to be a squad player at that price. Uh, and, the, and the fact that it's a four year contract, obviously Michael Beale really fancies the lad and, and thinks he can work alongside him and and he, he can bring something to the Rangers team. So I, I, I mean, that's to me states he's going to be fighting for a, a first team uh, start really. And quite often, Michael Beale towards the end of the season was playing with two strikers. He yeah. played with Ryan Kent in behind and, and two up top. So do you think Rangers still need to bring in another striker as well I on top so, of yeah. Lammers? I, I do think that, yeah, because obviously with Morelos left, <clears throat> it leaves him a wee bit light. And I think I think he would be looking to two. I don't know, is this lad an out-and-out striker? Or, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I think they would be looking to get another one in as well. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a bold move, as I say, four four-year deal. You know, you'd be looking for him to come in and, and do the business. Billy, what's next for Rangers in the transfer market? What would you like to see Michael Beale address next when it comes to the team? I would like to, obviously, um, I know he's a home on the but I'd like to see another striker come in because I think we're going to lose Cholak. I think Cholak will get out this, this summer. Why, why do you think that? Do you, do you not think, I mean, he, he didn't get too much game time towards the end of the season. Is that what makes you think he could be off? No, no, it's not too much game time. But what game time he did have, he, 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 he produced. And there's a lot of teams down, I think there's a few teams down south, especially in the championship, are looking at him. And I think, honestly, I think Cholak will be away. 
And um, I think we need another striker. And uh, I would like to see somebody else and um, they're really back. I mean, uh, Dujon Sterling has been brought in at, at yeah. right back. He looks as if he'll be competing with James Tavernier yeah. in that area. <clears throat> I just wonder about Malik Tillman as well, Billy. That one's gone relatively quiet at the moment. Is he a player you'd like to see back at Ibrox next season? Do, what's your sort of feelings towards that at the moment? I'd like to see Tillman back, but I don't think he will be. Yeah, Simon, it has gone quite quiet. He, you know, he was Young Player of the Year in yeah. Scotland last season at the PFA <coughs> Awards. What kind of feeling do you get around that? Do you think if a deal was going to happen, it, it maybe would have been struck already? I think so. I think so. I think the way everything uh, was left there, I believe he was back over the, the, to pick up his award. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you know, after he kind of left the the, the, the building. So I, I, I would be surprised if Tillman came back. I thought he was decent for Rangers. Uh, I think maybe the only thing that let him down was, or maybe the Rangers fans would look at he never really stamped his authority in any games against Celtic. Uh, which are games that you, you're kind of judged on, but I thought it was decent enough. But I don't think they'll. I think they'll look elsewhere. Billy, just where are your confidence levels heading into next season? There's obviously you know a, a change of manager ongoing at Celtic at the, at the moment. It looks as if it's going to be Brendan Rodgers. Can you take anything from what is maybe a potential bit of disruption over there and a new manager coming in and, and new methods? Well, I think. Um... No offence, but I'm not really... <laughs> I don't really think about over there, as you said. Um, I just think at the present moment, Rangers are on a... Rangers are on a strike. Michael Beale has got a, th- a thing in mind. Obviously, he spoke to his coaching staff and everything else. The board are behind, obviously, Michael Beale at the present moment. And um, I think I think things are going to go different this year. Yeah, well, Billy is, is hoping that things will be different next year I suppose I how things you... are going to be different there's, well, there's no, yeah, there's no doubt about that <laughs> yeah I mean how, how do you view that it's completely understandable that Billy only wants to focus on yeah. his own team is that something that anyone within Rangers do you think would be looking across the city and the fact that there is going to be a change of manager and if there's any way that they can capitalise on if there is any disruption the yeah, thing is that there may not be it may be yeah. a case of Brendan Rodgers comes in and it's a smooth transition yeah listen we don't know we don't know I think if you're a Rangers fan you're looking for anything you know to, to give your side a lift uh, Ange Postacoglu leaving he's left a really attacking strong squad I would suggest that you know, the manager coming in to go and build on has got a real opportunity to keep kicking on. The question is, does he come back for some of the players or can they hold on to, you know, the the, the better players? You know, Hatati was linked with Tottenham during the week there. So that's that's a, the task for the next guy coming in if it's Brendan Rodgers. But again, you know, two years ago, we, we, we hadn't heard of Ange Postacoglu and a lot of the players that have come in have went on to do really well at Celtic. It's football, you know, and I think if it's Brendan Rodgers coming in, he'll probably tap into another field, a different network from what Ange was tapping into. Can he blend that with what he's already got? You know, that's that's the, the Celtic side of it. Can he, can he go and improve that team? It's quite obvious that there is going to be a lot of change at Rangers. Already four players in the door, plenty of players have left. There were certainly those five senior players that left at the end of their contract. Yeah. Would you expect there to be as much change at Celtic if Brendan Rodgers is appointed well, in the next few days that's the interesting thing if we were sitting here and it was still Ange Postacoglu in charge I still think there would be new 
blood in the door. I think you have to keep trying to strengthen. Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm unsure because there's players there that have obviously come in under his tenure that worked with him, worked with him previously. Uh, as I say, it's, it's interesting times. And, and if it's Brendan coming in, you know, what, what is he going to bring to the party in terms of, I mean, some of his signings before were really good for Celtic. Excellent signings. Uh, can he do that again? Can he add to this team? I would, for whatever guy walks in that door, he's got a really good squad there to go and get his teeth into. Finally, Billy, just looking at the three signings that Rangers have already made in this transfer window, how are you feeling about them? Are you quite happy with, with the ones that have been brought in? Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with them, yeah. Um, look- they're boosting up the team and all the rest of it, so yeah. I'm, I think there might be another two to three players coming in. Is that the sort of ballpark that you'd think there would be, Simon, two to three more players for Rangers? Do you think there could maybe be more, more than that? Does maybe it depend more. on who goes out, potentially? Yeah, maybe more. I think so. I mean, what, what is that they're at now for? If this yep. this lad's the fourth signing already, I think uh, Rangers could probably have another four or five signings by the start of the season. Well, thank you to Billy. Of course, there is a lot going on at Celtic as well with the imminent arrival of Brendan Rodgers. Stories today that John Kennedy could be set to stay at Celtic after talk earlier in the week that he was wanting to join Ange Postacoglu at Tottenham so if you've got any thoughts on that give us a call on 0141 951 1025 You are the voice of Scottish football call 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Simon Donnelly here with me Andrew McLean in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard and still time for you to get involved as well 0141 951 1025. Let's take a look at Celtic. Plenty of opinions there about Rangers and their transfer business, but we'll take a look at Celtic now, Simon, because I think the last time you were here, it was it was a very different situation. Ange Postacoglu was in charge. Celtic were, you know, hunting down the treble, which they achieved, yeah. and now Ange Postacoglu's gone. Brendan Rogers is in charge. Just two how, how have you thought? <laughs> yeah, it's two crazy, isn't football, it? It's, uh... It can be crazy at times. I mean, if you'd said to me, if you'd suggested to me two, two and a half weeks ago that Andrew had moved on and Celtic would be looking as if they're going to appoint Brendan Rodgers again, you know, I would not have predicted that at all. But it's it's football. It's the way things go. Uh, I was over at a wedding last week in Italy and the, 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 the betting had stopped apparently on Brendan Rodgers. But you're never entirely sure. But just reading between the lines, it looks as if it's heading towards that now, which... I think is a good move. Uh, I know there'll be Celtic fans out there that weren't enamoured with the way he left the last time or the timing of his departure. But the guy won seven out of seven here. He was incredibly successful. He knows the club. He's more than just safe hands. He's capable hands. And I, I think it would be a good appointment. With the way he left, I suppose at that point, back in February 2019, could you ever have envisaged that Brendan Rodgers would be Celtic manager again at some no, point? No, absolutely not. But again, you then have to stop and correct yourself in football, things like this happen over and over again. Uh, what I will say is, I mean, if I was in his shoes, it'd be fantastic to get another chance at a club like Celtic. Uh, lots of people don't. So... I think it. I think it'd be a good appointment. I think if there's finance there for him to go and improve what he's got just now, I think yeah, exciting times. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five is the number. Raja N Cardonald has dialed. Raja looks as if Brendan Rodgers is going to be announced as the Celtic manager at some point over the next few days. Is an appointment you're you'll be happy with? Yeah, I'm happy with it. Uh, 
I'm very, very happy with that appointment. Uh, you know the reason is a lot of Celtic fans don't want him back. But if you think why Rodgers left was because the board wouldn't back him. Remember he wanted to sign now again and they never signed him and then they signed Suede when Rodgers turned and said, I've already got a million mingers. So I think he thought the board wouldn't back him up. But this time when he comes around, he's, I, I've heard, I don't know, Simon must know this, I've heard he's demanded 30 million in transfer fees with all the team they've got. So I think we should, you know, let him, I, I think it'd be a great appointment. I wish I did, Roger. Uh, I, I don't know the. <laughs> uh, I think it was John McGinn that Roger meant as well. Just right, to yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, a lot about it. Uh, I know I do stuff at the, at the park, but I don't know the ins and outs of budgets or whatever. What I just know is that looking out from the outside, like everybody else, it looks as if he's going to be appointed very soon. Uh, I was surprised that maybe it wasn't something mentioned today before we came into the show. But yeah, I think he's in a position where if they've been talking with the board over the last few days, he will be looking for finance there to go and bring his own players in. As I say, I think he's inheriting a really good squad, a young attacking squad with players that are continuously growing season after season. It'll be his job to try and hold on to a few of them, the ones that he wants, and go and try and add to that. I think, I think in that, case it's, it's the same as Ange, Ange would have did the same you know but uh, I think just the interesting thing from the, the whole scenario is he will tap into a different field, Ange has very much been tapping into a certain field for the last two years with great success Brendan now through his network particularly down south uh, it'll be interesting to see what players he brings to the club if he gets the job Raj just how excited are you at, at that prospect if Brendan Rodgers does get a lot of money to spend how exciting could next season be for Celtic if if A comes back and B he is given that backing and that budget oh very excited you know I, I've got a lot of Rangers fans and you know my friends and that but I mean I actually worry for them because they're signing you know okay we don't know Michael Beale's done a good few signings but with Celtic I think Rodgers is only here for Europe we need to do something in Europe I don't think Rangers will beat us in the next couple of years I can't see it. With the squad we've already got, and if he gets, like you said, that money, then I think I'm very excited at the same time. Europe, we need to do something in Europe because for a club like Celtic not being, you know, later rounds of Europe is quite criminal, if you say it. Do you think Brendan Rodgers will feel he needs a big budget, Simon, because of the squad that's assembled at the moment? <clears throat> it's a pretty deep squad as it is, yeah. and a lot of the players have been very good for Celtic under Ange Postacoglu. Do you think he'll feel that you know, if he is to improve any of the areas, it will take a good bit of money to upgrade in the, the areas you'll want to. Yeah, I think so. But I, th I think that would have been the same with, with, with Ange uh, because the players have did so well. Uh, but you can always improve a squad. And that, that was the challenge, I think, that I thought Ange Postacoglu would take ahead this season coming. I think he would have took the challenge. Raj is, is talking about Europe. I thought he would have wanted another go at the Champions League, uh, try and get out of that group. So now it's going to be the opportunity for somebody else coming in. And that's why it's such an attractive opportunity to come in because unlike you would say Ange coming in two seasons ago, this guy, if it's Brendan, is going to be building from, you know, a really a team that have just won the treble. Roger, do you think this current Celtic team needs a lot of work to find success in Europe or find more success in Europe? Uh, than they have in previous seasons or do you think it's maybe just tweaks here and there? 
you know, because uh, this current squad in Europe last season was quite bad. You know, we we, we got done over what because all the all, we all we attacked every team and then okay we we would bring Europe up. We always got beat somehow. We score three, they score four, whatever. But I think Rogers is wise enough to add a couple of you know top players and score goals, but defend at the same time. And was one way traffic. Let's go. If you if we win five four, we win. But I think I, I think we will do something in Europe this year. I mean, Rangers, well done to them. I mean, they done brilliant the Gio when they got to the final. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, when Rodgers comes in, a, a, a good wee tweak and we should get there. Simon, are Celtic getting a better manager than the one that left four years ago? It's a good question. Uh, he's, he's went to Leicester, won the cup there, finished fifth twice. Uh, this season's been unfortunate you know sometimes you get into that kind of rut and you just plummet and I never for one minute even up until the the end of the, the Premiership I didn't think they were going to get down I thought they had players there that many times have we said that before uh, I think it, it will be a better manager for even the relegation I think all managers and coaches have to take experience from you know the good and the bad uh, so to answer your question four years later I, th- I think he must be he's more experienced uh, and he has the advantage of you know he's been in that hot seat before and it is a I can imagine it is a hot seat you know it's a big club Celtic it's a huge job to take on board he's done it before and he's done it successfully and fans will be interested to see how he sets up in Europe whether it is Differently from what we saw last time well, at Celtic, I think, I think because remember, he t- he took a couple of heavy defeats as well. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. there were still some good results in there, Manchester yeah, City, but yeah. against you know some other teams as well, the yeah. likes of I mean, Barcelona and against PSG. Bayern, yeah. pa- Paris. I mean, you know, it's it's tough against these sides. Uh, it's interesting to to hear Rogers. You know, it, it wasn't too enamoured with Celtic last year. I know Celtic took a couple of heavy defeats last year, but I quite liked their approach. Uh, people might call me naive, but that's the way I like. You know, I liked his approach. That's what attracted me to his football. You know, he, he, as Raja says, if they score four, we'll get five. I quite like that. That wasn't always the case with Celtic. They would run over the top of teams domestically. Uh, and that's where I was looking forward to seeing how he'd approach this campaign. Brendan will probably approach it in his own way. Uh, but I still like to see Celtic going and attacking and trying to do especially in the home games. Well, thank you to Raja. Let's speak to Paul, who's in Carluke. Paul, what are your thoughts on the, the potential return of Brendan Rodgers or anything that's sticking at the front of your mind at the moment? Um, well, I think the, all the, the negative publicity will will disappear very quickly uh, once he's back in the in, in the job. I mean, you've got to remember, Brendan Rodgers is what's known nowadays as an elite manager. And for him to come back to Celtic is a... Is, is pretty major. They won an FA Cup to Leicester, almost got them into the Champions League twice. I know it didn't end well, but you know, as Simon says he's actually improved his his experience since the last time. Uh, but my main point is the who's going to be in charge of the transfer strategy because under Lee Congleton, I think the guy's name was the last time, it was a bit hit and miss. Um and uh, apart from maybe Edward and one or two others, there was a lot of lot of misses in there, Kawasi and Baku and all of that. So does Simon have a an idea how that how, how all that's all going to work? In terms of recruitment? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't, if I'm being honest with you, Paul. 
Uh, I think if the board were going to the lens, I believe, to go and speak to Brendan, I think he would have his own kind of, not demands, but he'd be wanting his own side of it as well, you know, assurances before he took the job. Uh, I think you only have to look to the success of the last two years with Ange. A lot of those players are quite obviously players that he knew because that was a league that he played in, or worked in rather, and worked with some of those players and knew of the other players that had been playing against them. So it's quite obvious that he had, well, from the outside looking in, it looks as if full control. So you would think, or I would think that Brendan Rodgers would want that coming back in. Yeah, you'd expect that that would have been part of the discussions yeah. that you held with, you know, Dermot Desmond and Michael Nicholson. Yeah. But on top of that, does it seem like Celtic's transfer strategy had maybe changed from the time that Brendan Rodgers was there to the last couple of seasons with Ange Postacoglu? Because... Brendan Rodgers had made a couple of noises about maybe transfers that, that he wasn't too keen on or he mm. wasn't too happy about, whereas you can see with a lot of the signings yeah, made by Ange Postacoglu that I had his fingerprints all over them. I think he made most of them, if not all of them. And and it's obvious, the Japanese lads, it, it just came from that, that league. Uh, and almost to a man, they were really successful. So then, he, you know, you get the belief in the backing to go and do it again last season. And and he did, you know, he brought in the likes of Tati and Maeda at the turn of the year last year. Uh, so I think that would be involved in the conversations with, with, with if it's Brendan coming back in, definitely. Paul, what are you most excited about if it is Brendan Rodgers that comes in? Um, well, well if, if reports are to be believed that he's going to get a bigger budget in terms of being able to push on in Europe, and I think the, the, the story the last time was that he was he was let down um, by, by, by buying certain players and, and that's why he left. So, um, I mean, obviously Peter Lovell's back at the club, so I don't know how, how that relationship's going to go. So, uh, I mean, I, I think I'm excited about him in terms of being a coach, in terms of, um, I mean, I think you could um, split a line between the best Brendan Rodgers team performances and the best and ball performances, you know, with Dembele and Tierney and all, and all these guys. So if he can get, um, I suppose it remains to be seen, if he can get the response from, uh, dare I say, Angie's players, I think that's always a, a challenge for new managers. But there's no doubt that he's, a, that he's an, elite, an elite coach. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these players have been handpicked because they play the style or they're very suited to the style that Ange Postacoglu plays so that is the challenge for Brendan Rodgers to go in and either fit them into his system or yeah. possibly make changes where needed yeah uh, yeah that, that's the interesting side of it to see how it kind of manifests itself if he goes down the same route he will to put his own kind of stamp on the team I'd imagine uh, whether that means giving players different roles or bringing in different players completely I just think the players that are there just now you know any coach going in would love to work with them you know most of them have been really good over the, the two seasons and for me I think they're younger and they're getting better they get better that season there uh, than the last one and they're growing they're, they're, they've had more experience in Europe they've had experience in the Champions League last year and I think that will improve them as well and, and add that to the mix of the experience of Brendan Rodgers coming in, I think, yeah, it is exciting times. Paul, there was a lot of animosity four years ago when Brendan Rodgers 
left the club. I just wonder what was your view at the time on his departure and, you know, do you still feel any of that with his uh, sort of, you know, imminent arrival again? I, I think one question mark over Brendan Rodgers is that he's a bit of a, what I call a, a fizzy drink manager. He seems to, he seems to lose his impact within, you know, in maybe his third or fourth season. Um, so whether that happens again, um, I, I mean, I think in terms of the, the fans welcoming back, fans have got short memories, you know, players are coming to clubs and, and all of that. I, I don't see that as a, as a major issue, but um, I think it remains to be seen how, and I think, again, most fans are probably set up for the fact that if he does make the same job of it that he did the last time and make an impact in Europe, then he'll probably be offered a bigger job again. You know, and you've got to remember, Brendan Rodgers and Ange Postacoglu did not make that much money as players. So, you know, I, I don't see any issue with them maximising their own their own earning power at, at, at the stage of their career. So I think if we, if we have Brendan for two or three seasons and he improves on the last time, then uh, then that's a, that's a good outcome. Well, Paul says he'd, he'd maybe be quite gracious if, you know, Brendan Rodgers, if he finds success and decides to success move on. Success dictates. He was successful last time, no one yeah. left. And, and I know, but it was, the timing, it. it was the timing yeah. of it and that's what upset most of the, the Celtic support. I think they were they were going towards the title. And I, I don't know the reasons for it, but that is football. Listen, I've, I've been in changing rooms with players and I come in the next day and somebody's away. You know, when there wasn't transfer windows, it's the coming and going of football. Celtic is a massive club, Andrew, but unfortunately... From that point of view, we're not regarded as a massive league. You know, the Premiership lures players, it lures managers, other uh, places in Europe. You know, Celtic have lost players to, to the German, the Bundesliga of late. It's just the way football is. But if I'm looking at it, you know, from the Celtic point of view, you're getting a manager there. I think Paul described him as an elite manager. The guy's managed at the, the top level with Liverpool, uh, with Leicester in the Premiership. Yes, it hasn't finished greatly this time and he's had huge success at Celtic before. So I, I think, as I say, I'm not wanting to, uh, what's the word, you know, undermine him by saying it's safe hands, but it is it's, it, and it's capable hands of, and it would be a guy that I think would keep the momentum going for, that's been created in the last two seasons. Does that make him less of a risk than the other managers that were mentioned, whether it's Enzo Moresca, who looks as if he that's may always, well be taking the Leicester job now, a, or that's always, a con, that's always a concern. You know, play, uh, managers coming in, learning about the club. What, what was it, the size of a club? Have you been? Uh, I don't think any of these guys would have managed. Certainly, the Bodo Glimp manager, they wouldn't have experienced something the size of Celtic. Now, you could say that about Ange when he came in, and that's maybe an exceptional job that he, he did in the two years there. But yeah, definitely from that point of view, as I say, Brendan sat in that seat before, you know, and with huge success. Well, thank you to Paul. Any thoughts on any of these topics? You can get involved. 0141 951 1025. 0141 951 1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, Simon Donnelly in the studio with me, Andrew McLean. We will take a look at Scotland against Norway very shortly, but let's get a final opinion of the night on Celtic and, and Brendan Rogers. Chris is a Celtic fan in Postle Park, and Chris, I think you, you maybe want to take issue with something Simon said earlier. What he said about um, he likes Foster Coglu's approach in Europe. Um, 
I don't think Postacoglu had an approach in Europe, to be honest, because um, I remember one particular game in Leverkusen where Celtic were 2 1 up, and it happens to get to the next stage of the Europa League, and they substituted three strikers for three strikers. I may be wrong, maybe two for two, but there was only seven minutes to go in the game, and we lost the game 3 2. And that actually brings it to the next point about who. Who's a, who's a better manager as Postacoglu or Brendan Rodgers I don't think there's any debate whatsoever about that I don't think Brendan Rodgers would have got his beat from that situation That's a big question Simon first of all Did, we'll, we'll... did Beaton not go off that night injured? Was that that game? Can you remember? Uh, he may well have done I thought that was the turning point in that game Look, Listen when I said about my approach Chris might be right I think maybe Ange approached every game the same way that's my taste. I, I, listen, I said earlier on, it might be naive, uh, but that's what I, I like to see Celtic going and trying to beat teams, whether it's at home or away. I don't want them sitting in, uh, trying to get draws and stuff like that. It's, it's just my my own personal taste and how, what I like to see about football and how the way they, they go about their business. Yes, last year they got some heavy de- defeats, but we've talked about Brendan Rodgers getting... I was at a couple of the games where they get heavy defeats. You're playing against the cream of the cream uh, in Europe at times so it's just a personal taste of mine that that's what I liked about his team they always went out to win and what I would say as I said earlier on I think the team will learn from last year the likes of Starfield and Carter Vickers the combination gets stronger from the start I think they'll be stronger again The, the, the younger players that play from midfield to front you know, they'll learn from it and I think they'll be better for it. Uh, but that's just my my personal taste, how they approach it. Yeah, Chris, there were some Celtic fans like Simon that said they enjoyed, you know, watching the way that Celtic approached those games in Europe, especially in the, the group stage of the Champions League last season, despite the fact the results weren't there. Would you rather see a, a more reserved approach in the hope that the results will be there this season? I, I was all for the approach to the group, the group stages last season, but... Well, I mean, the Celtic don't occasionally don't tend to do well away from in Europe, and just with seven minutes to go to get us to the next round, yeah, an awkward competition. I just thought that was bad management. So that stuck in my mind from day one about Ange Postecoglou. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not his biggest fan, but I've I've probably been his biggest critic, and I don't think he's compared to Brendan Rodgers management wise. What do you think of that? Because he, he Chris I think, is. I think I think you've got to compare. I mean. They were both hugely successful in their time at Celtic. I mean, one won seven out of seven, and the other one five out of six domestically. That's that's not bad, you know. And it's they they both get different techniques or different styles, but they were both hugely successful in their time at Celtic. Yeah, what is it for you, Chris? That you know you you clearly think Brendan Rodgers is maybe head and shoulders above Ange Postecoglou in terms of management. What what is it? about Brendan Rodgers specifically that you feel he's better than Postacoglu? He's track record what he's done in uh, south of the border now I thought, I thought he'd done a great job at Leicester as well and um, he seems to be getting ridiculed for it but I just think if he can, if he can get a guy of that calibre back then for me it's a great appointment Some people some people Simon may argue that you know Brendan Rodgers did what he did at Celtic and then went down to Leicester Ange Postacoglu has been Poached by Tottenham Who okay, are a bigger club They've okay, certainly seen something in them Listen I, I think I know what Chris is meaning I, I'm not I'm not uh, Disagreeing with him I think If if Brendan Rodgers Is announced today or tomorrow I think it's an excellent appointment So I'm not arguing with him At all there uh, In terms of comparing the two 
you can only really compare them on their success at Celtic. Ange has went to Tottenham. Let's let's see what Ange achieves there. Uh, but they were both excellent at, at Celtic and different styles. And as I say, it's just a personal preference. Just as we were talking there, I wrote down I was involved in a game 5-4 against Tyrrell. I remember watching Celtic beat Cologne, uh, 3-0 to turn around. Partizan, Belgrade, Jakinovski scoring four goals, all bit Celtic went out. I just think that's the style and the, it's just a personal taste. I think that's what I want to see Celtic taking to the European platform. Chris, how do you think Brendan Rodgers will get on with this current squad? There's obviously been a lot of changes, not many players that were there in his last spell in charge. I honestly don't think he'll be making too many changes. There is a good squad there. But I just it's just if, there's a wee inkling in my head that I think maybe the, the Asian players might be turned a wee bit. I see Hikati's actually fishing for a move well, you're reading the papers, but if they could keep Kyogo I'd be happy but if they don't want to be here then they can go the same as Anne Foster Coggle went so I'm sure but I, I'm quite trusting that he build his own team and what we're reading now, if he's got the backing then I'm confident he'll build another good team Yeah I think I saw some quotes it was Real Hitati on international duty and obviously you know they're, they're translated and, mm-hmm. and things like that so <clears throat> you never maybe get an exact reading I think it was just a case of him saying you know if there is that opportunity to take a step to the next level yeah. then he'd like to do it but I think that's a thing that, that most footballers would say. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to leave this window. Well, I hope not. I hope not because I've really enjoyed watching uh, the lad play and I think he's he's going to get better and better. Uh, but again, it's the same as what we said earlier on, that if it's Europe or the English Premiership, it's not It's not the fact that it's Celtic. It's just they're going to a, a, a bigger league. Uh, financially, it's more as well. I just... I hope... I hope that the, the lads stick around for a little bit more and, and develop a wee bit and, and we see what blend if, if Brendan comes in what he can bring to it with the players that are there because the, the players have been excellent they have and I've enjoyed watching them so it'd be a shame to see this team break up so quickly uh, and if I'm being honest I don't see it happening Well thank you to Chris let's turn our attentions to international matters because we are getting closer to that game in Oslo on Saturday of course it's Norway against Scotland 5 o'clock kickoff. it's been an excellent start to this qualifying Mm. campaign and now a a big challenge away from home do you think the players will will just be full of confidence when you look at the last international break the performance against Spain the good feeling around that yes there are you know two massive you know world stars in terms of Erling Haaland Martin Odegaard in that Norway team we've but got ours. we've got ours Andrew and, and we've we showed against Spain you know they can people can say what they like but we, we beat Spain 2-0 uh, and we've got some really good players experience now you know they've been at finals they've, they've been successful in qualification campaigns they're playing in, you know what you would regard as one of the biggest leagues a lot of them uh, you know, accompanied by some really good players from our league. So it's a really good squad we've got. It's a hard game going to Norway. I remember over the years, difficult place, you know, the old cliche, but they've got a goal machine, an absolute goal machine up front. And as you said, Odegaard's no slouch either. Fantastic midfielder. So we're going to have to be at our best, but we can achieve something. I said to you off air that I would take a draw, but I'm greedy. We could go there and get a win. If we perform, we're good enough to go and get a result there. We've shown it before, but we have to be at the top of our game. And that matched with, if Scotland are able to get four points or six points from this international break, you know, four coupled po- with coupled with the six be, points oh, from, from last time, what a strong be. position after just four games that yeah, would put Scotland four in. Four points would be fantastic. You know, and you would, I mean, Georgia, 
you would think at home that we would be good enough to go and beat them. You know, we're Scotland, so we'll never count the three points until they're in the bag. But we've, we've got off to a great start. And if we, if we get four points out of six, we're in pole position to, to get to Germany. You know, plenty of people will be focusing on Erling Haaland in particular, but you think the Norway team will have watched, they'll have watched back the game against Spain, Scotland's game against Spain, and and they'll be thinking, look, there are, there are dangerous players in that Scotland team that we need to make sure that we're wary Definitely, of. And, and a lot of them will play against them as well in the, in the English Premiership. They like some McGinn's and, and these guys. I think Scotland nowadays, nobody will take us lightly. We've, we've shown what we can do, especially in the last game. You know, the whole of Europe would have sat up and, and, and looked at the the fact that we beat Spain uh, at Hamden. It was a great performance. And it will take another one similar on on Saturday Uh as I said, I just if we can keep Haaland quiet, we have a chance. Just quickly, from a striking perspective, who leads the line for you? No, Shea Adams. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I th- as long as John McGinn's playing, he's my talisman. Play him up. You know, I think that's been one of the things with Steve Clapp playing him further forward. He'll score as a goal. Yeah, there certainly are options up there. Lyndon Dykes has been a, a brilliant player for Scotland at international level. Of course, Lawrence Shanklin, Kevin Nisbet have been really good domestically as well. But we will see closer to the time. We'll get more build-up to that game tomorrow night. But unfortunately, that is all we've got time for tonight. So thank you for listening in. Thank you for your calls. Thank you for your tweets. Thank you to Simon Donnelly in the studio. I will be back tomorrow night from 6 o'clock with Hugh Keevans. We'll bring you more on that Brendan Rodgers story. We'll maybe talk a bit more about Sam Lammers that new Rangers striker that's been brought in on a four-year deal. And, of course, the final build-up to Norway against Scotland. But stay right there because it's Throwback Thursday with Callum Gallagher next.